Uh, well, it is uh, Simchat Torah, and it is a joyous uh, day for us. And it, like I said, a day that we remember the, uh, the, the Torah itself. And uh, it's important, I think, for us to um, appreciate that. Part of Simchat Torah, Simchat Torah, is actually remembering the scroll itself. The scroll plays, the scroll is like a participant uh, in the service. The scroll itself is like a participant in the history uh, of, the, uh, of the people. Back in, uh, I think it was 2003, when the UMJC had its first, our first um, uh, UMJC uh, conference in Israel, uh, uh, we brought over hundreds of 300 plus people uh, uh, in that year. And uh, I remember it real well because I was a Torah reader uh, at the Shabbat service. And I thought, wow, you know, Jerusalem, reading the Torah in Jerusalem, you know, that's like over the top, right? So uh, we used a Torah scroll. We were at like a, um, we were at like, um, uh, staying at like a retreat center, you might say lack of a better term, I don't know. And, uh, and so we borrowed a Torah from a congregation uh, in the city of Jerusalem. We were just outside of, of the city. Uh, and so I, it was asked, since I was reading the Torah, if I would, if the Torah could stay in my room. So uh, me and a fellow that some of you know, Paul Saul, were in a, a hotel room with the Torah scroll. So what do you, first of all, where do you keep a Torah scroll? So we didn't want to just like put it on like the counter or so. So we uh, propped it up on a chair, right? And it was as if the Torah was watching our every move <laughs> the entire night, you know. Uh, and and that, that kind of reminds me of that. That is kind of how the the Torah scroll is. It's part of the community. It's not just this functional. Uh, book on spindles, you know, but uh, it, it, it plays a role. And uh, you hear stories, certainly, of, uh, you know, terrible times of persecution when people would risk, risk their lives as the synagogue is burning to run in and, and to get the scroll, bring the Torah scroll out. When a Torah scroll is too old and it's falling apart, you bury it uh, like a person. You know, you bury it under the ground. Uh, and, and so uh, it takes on a life of its own. When we uh, pass the, uh, the Torah uh, around uh, uh, or walk around with it and, and we touch it with our, uh, you know, our tzitzit or our siddur, our Bible or our hand or whatever it might be, uh, it is a sense of of giving God this great moment of, of love and honor and respect. And uh, it's as if uh, the Torah becomes synonymous with, in a way, the presence of God. Now, I know that it is uh, you know, made of wood and parchment and ink and, and all of that. So it's not like uh, we're venerating uh, a statue uh, or something like that, or the presence of the Torah... Or God cannot be here without the presence of a Torah scroll or, you know, something like that or praying to the Torah scroll. Uh, the reason I say all that is because I just know 
how if you're not, if you don't come from a Jewish background, uh, you know, we kind of, um, we, we can see this as some kind of foreign type of worship uh, that's a little strange. But really what it is, is it's showing great love uh, uh, to, to God. And that is why Simchas Torah is such a joyous holiday. Uh, and that we're celebrating God's faithfulness to the Jewish people, the presence of a Torah scroll. Think about it. That for 5,000 years we've been reading this word. One generation after another. And the fact is, you know, you skip a generation, very bad things can happen. And you know, uh, in the uh, Tanakh itself, we have testimony of what happens when an entire generation turns away from the Torah. You know, I can think of two, I won't turn there to save time, two very uh, poignant ones. One is uh, uh, when uh, Joshua dies. The text is quite clear that it says, oh, why not? All right, you twisted my arm and everything else, right? You read here in Judges chapter 2, it says, uh, when, they, when uh, uh, Joshua dies, they buried him in the territory of his inheritance, in Timnah Heres, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaash. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals, they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and so on. So the key there is, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord. They did not know the word of God. It wasn't passed on. And so on Simchas Torah, it's important, among many things, for us to remember that, you know, that when a generation goes by with, without the Torah, uh, it angers God, uh, it causes great rebellion, uh, and it means that it hasn't been properly handed down, as it were, as an inheritance. Another time has to do uh, with uh, uh, the son of Hezekiah in his old age, uh, Manasseh, right? He ruled for 50 years, and the place was all boarded up, right? Josiah comes along, and he has to clean it out. And it's fascinating that they had forgotten about the Lord in such a horrible way that the workers find a book, but they don't know what it is. And they bring it to Josiah, and he finds Huldah, prophetess. And she explains, oh, this is the book of the law. Can you imagine that? The king needed the prophetess to explain this, and then, of course, he repents uh, tremendously on behalf of the nation. But how horribly uh, the nation uh, was now going to suffer because now the die had been cast and they were going to go into captivity. But God was going to allow Josiah to live to be an old man and not see it. And that's what happens when we don't hand this down from one generation to the next. And you know, we hand it down in several ways. First, we physically hand it down. We physically uh, give people the heritage, the, the heritage of faith, the heritage of what we believe. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when, 
When children are raised in an atmosphere of godliness, in an atmosphere of the discipline of the Word of God, uh, that is a really good thing. Uh, Yes, every man, woman, and child has to have their own experience with embracing the Lord, but yet we have an obligation to give to our children and to further generations the Torah as a symbol of, of of the Word of God. We want our kids here at Beth Messiah to grow up saying, I remember when I was a kid. I remember Hebrew school. I remember Kambiel Adim. I remember uh, going to services. I even remember being bored, right? I remember uh, sitting through that second hour of um, Hebrew school on Sunday morning when Rabbi Howard uh, had to continually move me to the other side of the table because I wouldn't stop talking. I remember that. That's all part of it, all right? I, don't you remember when you were growing up that uh, it's part of just part of the experience? You know what I mean? Uh, and and uh, and at home having like a Bible at home and say, I remember that Bible. I remember when I was little, my mother showing me these verses in the Bible. That is part of that's part of the package. It's part of who we are. See, uh, and it's certainly. Uh, gives a lot of weight on the, on the side of the ledger of young people embracing Yeshua. Why make it more difficult by living hip, uh, hip, hypocritical lives uh, and our children rebelling and then later on in life embracing the Lord? Why not give them that opportunity uh, when they're young and raise them in the, even in the culture of the faith? And there is one, you know, and that's a good thing, yeah? So it's very important. And sim, so Simcha Torah reminds us uh, of that. There is a tradition, you know, at Simcha Torah uh, with children, and that is uh, 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 parading around the sanctuary with flags of Israel with an apple stuck on top, right? So I have a picture of one of my children, who shall remain nameless, uh, walking around, and the picture is this perfect moment of walking around with the apple and having, having just taken a bite of the apple. Great, great memories, you know? Uh, and uh, that, these, this is all part of, this, uh, part of this heritage, right? But beyond that, Simchas Torah is a celebration of God's instruction, right? That's what Torah is, God's instruction. It is a celebration of the faithfulness of God in sanctifying a people all these years. Simchas Torah reminds us that we're a people whom God has called for His purposes. Uh, And the Torah symbolizes uh, that. It symbolizes our way of life. It symbolizes God's faithfulness. And uh, Simchas Torah is a celebration of God's love for humanity in making the Torah a living being in Messiah Yeshua. And through Yeshua, transporting the Torah around the world. We don't usually think of the Torah this way, but isn't it true that if you grew up in a, in a church somewhere in the world, you learned the Ten Commandments, even though I heard of them, heard of the Ten Commandments? If it was not for the coming of Yeshua, you would have never heard of the Ten Commandments. You would never have heard of it. You'd be worshiping trees, uh, and sacred bulls and animals, uh, all, you know, all kinds of things like that. The Ten Commandments is part of the Torah. 
the Ten Commandments came to the non-Jewish world through the Messiah. How do you think you ended up with, for example, uh, those uh, men uh, who wrote the, uh, the creeds? They would not have even heard of the God of Israel or any of it had it not been for Yeshua himself and commissioning his Jewish disciples to bring the message to the nations. That's how you ended up with a congregation in Rome. That's how you ended up with a congregation in Antioch. That's how you ended up with a congregation in, in those parts of southern Europe. Sometimes, you know, in the ancient world called Asia Minor. Or, or the other part, like Spain and all that. All because of Yeshua, the Messiah. That, the, that this word was transported uh, outside of the confines of Jewish people. See? And so the Torah is a celebration of God's love for humanity, of transporting it to the world through Messiah, but of course Messiah himself being the living uh, Torah, a celebration of our salvation, which includes the realization of the Torah in our lives so that we can live uh, this way uh, that God has given us. And it is a celebration of, of hope for the world. In that the Torah is a vision statement. Do you ever think of it that way? All those uh, uh, laws that you read about in the Torah, it was given to the Jewish people in the wilderness as, look, this is the way of life for you when you're in that promised land. When, I'm, uh, when my name is being uh, uplifted there uh, in the place that I shall choose, this is, the way of, this is the way I want you to live. Well, we know uh, throughout Jewish history, it's never actually been lived out exactly the way uh, it was meant to be. Exactly. It's a vision statement of a way of life. And so it's hope for the future. What is the hallmark of the Torah? Justice, mercy, loving kindness, uh, dignity for uh, uh, human beings of, of all kinds, of aliens and strangers as well as, uh, you know, those who are native-born uh, to, uh, to Israel. Uh, it is worshiping God in the way that He desires us to. Loving your neighbor as yourself. This is a hallmark of Torah. This is not the hallmark of the laws of the nations. This is the hallmark of the Torah. And through Yeshua, it has become exported to uh, those who are not Jewish, who have embraced Yeshua uh, through the uh, you know through the centuries, uh, and so it is hope for the uh, the future. And I just wanted to point out finally a couple of verses, a few verses in Psalm 119 that really help us to understand this. And that is uh, at verse 17 and a few verses after it in Psalm 119. It's very interesting. It says there in verse 17, "Deal bountifully." with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wonderful things from thy Torah. It's very interesting. So he's crying out to God, and he says, deal bountifully. Uh, that's an interesting word. Here's a little, uh, uh, if you want to impress people, uh, you know, at the next uh, Bible study you go to. You know, the word for bountiful is actually the word gamal which without the, without the, uh, or gomel, but without the vowels is like gimel. And you'll notice it says gimel. 
Now, you don't have a word that is actually pronounced Aleph and Bet, but for Gimel, you actually do. Gimel, <laughs> okay? Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. So what he's saying is, in order for me to live and to keep your word, Lord, I need you to deal bountifully with me. I need you to deal, and, and really, it means to be... Um, it's a hard, one of those hard words to define. Uh, com- to be uh, complete with me. To give me uh, like all that I need. Like a synonym might be the word that would be full. But it's not that word. It's a different word. Deal fully with me. Deal muchly with Deal bountifully with me. That I may live. And that, uh, and that I may uh, um, keep your word. And then he says, open my eyes. So deal bountifully and open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from thy Torah. If our eyes are not opened by the Lord, we will not love the Torah. If God does not deal bountifully with us, do something to us, we ultimately are crying out to God forever that, Lord, help me. Help me to, to understand your word, to know your word. But you see, uh, one of the wonderful things we know is that in Messiah, God has indeed dealt bountifully with us, richly with us. Uh, uh, he has opened our eyes. You know, there's a, a verse in uh, Deuteronomy 29 where Moses says, your eyes are not open. God must do something to open your eyes. And so he cries out, open my eyes, so that I may behold wonderful things from thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. In this way, when when we read it carefully, do not hide thy commandments. How does God hide his commandments? He doesn't hide his commandments. But but it says, if God and the commandments, there's this amalgamation between God and the commandments. That it's like God, you know, in Judaism, there's a phrase that God is in the mitzvah. God is in the mitzvah. Uh, Meaning that as we serve the Lord, God is present in that service, in that exchange, as we serve the Lord, you know. Uh, And, uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, I think like a passage like this bears that out. When we say, don't hide your commandments from me, don't hide yourself from me. And that as we are in the word of God, and as we uh, yield to him and live his way, we experience the presence of God. So it just goes to show you how marvelous and wonderful this word is. It is not Shakespeare. It is the word of the living God, be, having become realized in the person of Yeshua the Messiah. Then he says, my soul is crushed with longing after thine ordinances at all time. My soul is crushed with longing. Uh, these, you know, these are very descriptive words. And uh, it just really uh, uh, behooves us. My soul is overwhelmed with an intense desire. That is what those words actually mean. Crushed is to be overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed with a longing for your word. What a challenge that is to us in this year, 5776, to really uh, cultivate that kind of desire for God. 
that kind of desire for His Word. You know, I would challenge us as we're parading around with the Torah scroll and singing and enjoying it, may I challenge us that may we make much of His Word uh, this year. May you be in your Bible. If you own a Bible, read it. Read it. Read it. Know it. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's no way of saying that strongly enough. That when you are in the Word of God, God cultivates a deeper relationship with you. And that doesn't mean being a scholar. It doesn't mean having to uh, understand everything about the text. Or, uh, it means reading the Word. Here's a challenge. Here's a challenge. And this is a challenge to me. And that is, may I read the Bible this year, time-wise, as much if not more than books about the Bible. How's that? How's that? You know, it falls under the same category of taking prayer requests for 45 minutes and praying for five. You know, rather than just praying. Let's go around the room forever, and then everybody prays two lines or two words, right? So it's the same thing. I know much, but may I know thy word. May that be hidden in my heart. That's a real challenge to me. I will say that, you know. I, uh, to, to read God's Word in, you know, with such zeal and, and desire of knowing it more and more and, uh, and more. And so, may we have that kind of, of, uh, of desire. Well, we can, we can stop there, I think. And uh, may uh, Simcha's Torah be true in our heart and in our life. May the joy of the Word of God uh, truly be uh, uh, hidden in our heart. And as we rejoice in the Torah, may it be in the living Torah of Yeshua that it's not only on stone and not only in a book, but as uh, Paul referred uh, to the believers in uh, Corinth later on, uh, he referred to them as living letters, living, uh, you know, living epistles. May we be the living, may we demonstrate as it were, the living Torah and that joy unspeakable uh, in our lives and in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for both the tradition of the Torah and of your word. Lord, may we really be people of your word. Lord, that means that we'll be, I guess what that means, we'll be compassionate people, people full of grace, we'll be people slow to anger, will be people uh, uh, abounding in loving kindness, full of grace and truth, and that we'll be forgiving of others, and that we'll set our mind on things above and not on things below, and that our hope will be in you, and that our eyes will be fixed on, on you, Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith. And we uh, will have faith, not in just what we see, but in what we don't see, because faith is... Uh, the evidence of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Lord, we'll demonstrate that faith both to the foreigner, the stranger, and to our brother and sister. We'll love our neighbor as ourself. We'll care for, for vulnerable people. We will show justice and mercy. We will live out your Torah. Lord, may we know the word in our heads as we study it, and study languages and study the... Uh, you know, everything about it, and just love you in our hearts, Lord. 
And God, we do thank you, God, for that. We thank you for the Torah. We thank you for your word, your Torah, as it were, from Genesis to Revelation. We thank you, Lord, that we have that word available to us, and we live in a place where anybody can get a Bible. Lord, may we never take that for granted, and may we truly rejoice in you. May we truly rejoice in your Torah. And we pray in Messiah's name. Amen.